Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. good i can barely uh see you over my gut after the thanksgiving i know dinner I, I, ate. I feel so full still me too but it was good hi everybody i'm vanya that's and i'm vanya. the rom that's right that's vanya the rom and i'm Avrin, and i'm the crime <laughs> and this is rom crime this is our true crime comedy podcast with romantic uh hmm tinsel Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yes, with Too romantic soon? tinsel. No, it's it's time. It's December right it's now. It's full Christmas. We are full we go. on living in it. And we I have, you know, kids as I've talked about, and they are obsessed with anything and they want to watch the cartoons, the yeah. movies. And your tree's so pretty. Thank you. I told myself I was gonna decorate this year. Yeah. And I even said something to James earlier, my husband James, earlier today. I was like, remember you promised me we were going to decorate? Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Do it. I want to. I have extra lights. I might take you up I on do. that. All right. They're in that box. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. Hey, <laughs> Just everybody. Just planning our Christmas. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. Today, we were t- my daughter and I were talking in the car, and I was like, you know, not everybody celebrates Christmas. Some people celebrate Hanukkah. Some people yeah. don't celebrate anything. Some people celebrate Kwanzaa, yada, yada. She's like, but why? I'm like, I. That's. <laughs> I just want you to be like, okay, I'm not right. going to be a dick but why? to other people. Okay. Well, tell us, Vanya, why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's complicated. For many reasons. People and some celebrate people, what they celebrate. Exactly. And some people celebrate it and aren't, you know, fully hardcore yeah, you know, baby some Jesus. people just celebrate because, okay you know, too. it's a bank holiday. Here's the thing, I love it, my favorite holiday, because it's so sparkly and everyone's kind it's of in happy. a better mood. Yeah. yeah, no, I even notice, like, there's just a general merriment to people. Unless people you work retail, people. I'm sorry for you guys. Yeah, jeez Louise. Because that, I, I, I so worked it for many years from when I was, like, 16 on, and it's you hate Christmas music, you hate yeah. people, you just sort of turn, like, coal inside. Anything that you have to do, like, nonstop. Yeah. And listening to Christmas music, I feel, is torture Oh, on, like, repeat. Yeah, it is torture. But celebration is always good. And yeah. I think that we're celebrating today because we might have found a crime. Yes. Where the actual 
fundamental question yes. of this crime is the romance of it yes. and how the romance is possible, but it is real and it, we're going to get into it, but I could not believe it. Yep. I could not believe it. This crime is nothing but a, a story about a romance yeah. gone Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, gone, bad. Yeah, just gone. Just bad. Looney Tunes. Yeah. I love <laughs> so, it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Av, I think it? you need to start because um, I just want you to All start. right, I'm going to start. <laughs> so, this is the story of Linda and Bert Pugash. Mm-hmm. I believe that's that how you pronounce it. I noticed on the internet it was POO in all caps, and then I thought it was Pugash, but that's because... I'm me. Pugash. So Pugash sounds Pugash. very, very classy. Linda and Bert. Linda and Bert Pugash. And they are an infamous couple yeah. in New York, especially just the tabloids, which to me was crazy because I've never heard of them. And right. we lived in New York for so long. It's true. But they were super... I mean, it, it happened a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. What, what, what time frame are we talking so, here? Um, well, let's just jump right into yeah, get it. it. So on Rosh Hashanah in uh, the fall of 1957... Okay. Bert Pugash spotted Linda Riss at the Joyce Kilmer Park in the Bronx. Okay. And she was just, you know, hanging out. It was a beautiful fall day. And he walked right up to her and was just like, I want you. Let's go out on a date. Let's do this. Are they the same age? Not even a little bit. Okay. I think he was 10 or 15 years her senior. Okay. Like she was... Very like I think eight like maybe eighteen to twenty and he yeah. was in his thirties. She was like a pretty little thing, lemon like chicken because a- the mama I'm shot and now he's a ram, something like that. But she was beautiful. She was a beautiful young woman. Uh, most people would compare her to like Elizabeth Taylor. She had this beautiful creamy white milky skin and these deep brown eyes. God, I just love milky skin. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, so they start <laughs> yeah. up. They start up um, a love affair. Or a, a romance. They're dating. Right. Um, they're really... She's a good girl. She's a good girl. I read that she, from like some of her girlfriends was like, Linda was a tease. They're like what you call is a tease. Yes. Total Bronx tease. Yeah. And she loved the gentleman, but she was a proper lady. Yeah, she was. And she grew up in a household with uh, only women. Like her father right. left her. Her she dad was left when she was young. And she was basically raised by her mother and her grandmother. Who were men haters. Who hated the men's. Yeah. So, and they, you know, it was. So she rebelled typically and loved the men's. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think she did, but I think she also was a little, they talk about her being like a little cold. Not not cold, but like didn't really let people in. She could be harsh. But I think that makes sense. And then also, I think falling for an older man who is insistent, you know, that he wants to take care of you and love you when you had a father who was absent your whole life. It's very understandable to me how she would be taken with that because she did not think he was very attractive. Right. But he was very, very successful. He could provide financially. In fact, when they first started dating, not only was he a really successful lawyer, but he was involved. He owned a nightclub, a private plane, and was involved in the movie business as a producer. Absolutely. So, I mean... I'm getting a little hot and bothered even just talking about right. that. Right. Well, you That's know, if, if you stuff. believe what somebody says, which I mean, you know. Right. And all that stuff was true. Yeah. But did, you, did you go on about his upbringing or his behind the scenes? I did not. Okay. So, well, he was, um, I guess he was a mama's boy. His mom bathed him until he was like 12 or something like that. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. But then she also beat the crap out of him. Oh, crap. I know. I didn't read so, about him at all. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> Listen, he's the not the sympathetic character in this one, but I'm always, here's 
you know. Yeah. I'm the rum. I want to know, and I'm not the you rum, just, but I just want to know why people do what they do. And so not saying that any of this was his, you know, the reasoning, but he kind of, his dad apparently was his protector, but he watched his mom and dad have a horrible, you know, whatever. And he's, anyways, so he he grows up, he goes through me, uh, law school, mm-hmm. almost said med school, law school. <laughs> law school. And he uh, is going with this girl, apparently, right? Right, yes. Francine and, was her name. Oh, yes, thank you. His, fir- his first wife. Yes. And um, he marries her because she tells, she cr- she's crying one night. She's like, yeah. everybody thinks we're having sex and we're not having sex. I'm saving myself a marriage. I'm like, and, and he's like, he, but we're not having sex. And she's like, but it doesn't matter because everybody thinks I am. And yeah. so they get married. And he doesn't really want to, but he's like, okay. okay. Which is Which weird is to me. Weird. Yeah, yeah that is like, weird. That was an interesting detail in the documentary yeah. where I just and remember then, thinking, what? Why? Yeah. They have a child. They have a child who is, um, Born with the severe um, disabilities. disabilities. And so that also puts, obviously, a huge strain on their marriage. Um, plus he's cheating plus on Plus he's a bastard. Obviously. Like, so he's yes. still married when he's picking up chicks. Yeah, so he's picking up and a, Linda, young, a young Linda. They have a really romantic relationship. It's all flowers yep. and blue, baby blue convertible Cadillac rides to work. And, and then she finds out that the whole year they'd been dating or whatnot, that he was married with a three-year-old daughter and she had no idea. So she's basically like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, she was like, show me the... He keeps saying, I have the divorce papers. They're going through. Right. He says, I'm going to leave my wife. And then he shows up at her house with divorce papers. But Linda is a smart cookie. So here's the deal. She writes down the number. She writes down the number and she gets it authenticated and basically yeah. is able to prove that it's forged Well, documents. but it takes time. Here's the thing. It takes time. He he says, see, here's these papers, which yeah. he drew up, of course. He's a lawyer. Uh, yeah, and he forged. And so he so she he doesn't know, but she takes down the number. She gives it to his, her mother, and she's like, listen, you send it to your lawyer in Chattanooga or some weird place like that. Right. And it, takes, it was Alabama, yeah, I somewhere think, or something very far. Or Arkansas or and something weird. It takes time. So she just thinks, of course it's real. Of so course. she's going back out with him mm-hmm. and he's pressuring, pressuring her to bone. Yep. Like he's like, wants to bone so hard. And she's like, not until, you not until we're married. We're married. Yeah. Not just putting a ring on it, but yeah. then we've also gotten married. Which, by the way, all of that, like... um. It's very 1950s. It's very 1950s and it's totally fine, but I do think that ruined a lot of people sort of like waiting. The whole like concept of, God forbid, you have premarital sex. Yeah. And I guess. It'll brand you as this. Exactly. You know what that is? Yeah. It still exists. It's that purity culture that happens in a lot of like um, certain religions and things like that. Like where, you know, I I know some kids who would do like youth groups or something like that and they wear purity rings and promises to their parents. Which, you know what? It's all fine. It's Yes, of course it's fine. Everybody should do what they want to do. But I don't like the thing of where people make you feel dirty. Like there was some exercise where they'd put like a clean glass of water and you'd have a spoon and some dirt and you put one in one scoop of dirt in and you're like, see how dirty you are now? That's one having sex with before your marriage. Oh and my God. One sex. Or like the chocolate bar where you take a piece of chocolate and a, one piece is gone and that piece was for your, could have been for your husband. <gasps> yeah, so it's this really screwed up stuff. That's I mean, I don't think she was going through that right, kind of thing. that's completely fucked up. Yeah. That, that there is basically tests designed well, just to shame to shame young women. Yeah into thinking that they should save themselves for marriage. And listen, because that double standard does not exist for men. No. In, in the same 
like religions we're talking about. Yeah. It's not the same. Well, because also imagine you are saving yourself. You feel like everything's dirty before sex. but So you have this warped view of sex. But So by the time you get, I'm getting really deep here, but by yeah. the time you get to marriage, you marry this person and think of your, you've been compartmentalizing and having such a weird fucked up view that now you have to give yourself fully to the, it's like right. you can't like and- turn the switch like that. It's like we're... It's all about experimentation. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, it's even today, like what was just in the news was T.I., that rapper, mm. was on a no, podcast. No, this is super specifically to this because, yeah. he, so so Bert, Bert Pugash was getting all crazy. Married, mind you, Bert Married. Pugash. And he was um, freaking, like apparently he would have like fits of rage and freak out. And, like, she wouldn't have sex And jealousy. And he's like, you're, you're having sex with somebody else. I know it. Why wouldn't you? And she's like. Listen, if you're so crazy, I will take you. Come to my doctor. Come to the gynecologist with me. We'll do a virginity, virginity, virginity. A virginity test. I love my virginity. Um, We'll do a virginity test and you'll just get off my back and then you'll know. So they go. I know. And then she. I thought they went because he insisted. I mean, he might have, but I think part of it was like, she's like, just fine. I'll just like, let's. I think his thing was like, you're not a virgin. Let's. Bone, like he's, right. he, he wanted, wanted he, he was wanted trying to, any, any any way, way to, to get to sleep with her to put his penis. But it's in her also vagina. just said, what a hypocritic asshole! Because he, this man is not only I know. married with a child, so clearly having yeah. sex, but and probably having sex with other women too. Because right. I think he was picking up, of course. You know, I mean, he was a notorious, you know, Lothario. Is yeah. that the right word for a bastard yeah, man sure. who sleeps around when he's yeah, married? I like that, yeah. Lothario. I don't he's know if a, that's... It sounds also like a good New York a word. A lethargic person? A lethar- a lazy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. But that's just... You're so yeah. right, because we still live in a world today where the double standard, even though it's way less, and yeah, I think with the... Sure. You know, with contraceptives and the understanding that, the, that sex is an important aspect of a relationship and that understanding your sexual yeah. chemistry with somebody is a crucial premarital step. I think so. But it's okay but if it's you don't still, think that way. But it's but also but okay still. if you don't. But I think that it's more, it's thought to be more, I think, along those lines these days. But back in the 50s, yeah. it really did make a woman felt like she would be yeah. like tarnished dirty goods if she did it before marriage. Absolutely. And I just still can't get over the fact that the the marry the married cheater yeah. was like we're going to go make sure you're a virgin. I know. Like, so in the news like I think it was like 3 weeks ago, TI the rapper uh was on a podcast with two ladies. It was like some fun like daytime podcast thing yeah. and he's saying something they randomly hit the note and they're like oh have you had the sex talk with your daughter she's so beautiful and he goes off at first it sounds like he's joking about how he's like no no girl after every one of her birthdays we we go to the gyno and you know and i and the doctor shows me make sure that her hymen's still intact um and 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 the the more grossness is that she's 18 now and she's so a grown he had woman. to sign he had to have her sign he kind of like coerced her into signing, signing a, waiver a lease so he could see so it so you get the information but the problem with that like i don't know what he's what that situation's about but she's like if you want to have an open dialogue with your child you're never going to Ever. that way like she's, she's never going to 18 years old she's an adult yeah. she it's is allowed really to do whatever she wants she and i was reading today cuz we were kind of texting back and forth yeah. about how you know, also timely, this subject is they're right. passing new laws because of what he said on this podcast in the state are of New York. Are you serious? Yeah. They are, or at least they're attempting to. Okay. They're basically trying to make it illegal for for there to be any any kind of virginity or hymen exam 
in that gynecologists can perform. It'll be illegal. I think that's great. You know why? Because I was because researching you can't as well. Even tell. You can't tell. And so Dr. Uh, um, OBGYN say that you know everyone's anatomy is different. Sometimes right. there it's a film, sometimes it's shaped in a horseshoe. Sometimes you're born without it. Exactly. And or the you purpose fall of off it. your bike or something. Exactly. When you're or young. you're a gymnast like me. Yeah. Huh? Like um I'm sure mine was gone like when I was five. Right, but nobody was ever checking. Also, and no thank one was checking. Jeez. And it's just like it's such a it's such a means of controlling someone. It's yeah. abuse. And shame. It's yeah. a means of shaming. Because I was reading in a similar article that basically, especially in other cultures where girls either commit suicide or have been murdered right. for shame shaming their families for not being a virgin, that doctors have actually lied. Yeah, about I've the results well. to the parents because they know how dangerous it is. So I just feel one, we always think about those kinds of things as happening outside of the US. Yeah. And then to hear, you know, somebody who's famous in the limelight on a podcast voluntarily sharing this information I like know. it's a it's like it's a Thanksgiving anecdote. It's, I can't believe I mean, honestly, how like easygoing he was about it was crazy oh, to me. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And w- one thing, I mean, like, those ladies, they were obviously, like, trying to keep the peace and everything, but if I would have been like, why did... I, I wanted to ask, why did you do that? Like, if you're really right. a host and you really are in like, how interviewing did you somebody... get there? But, you know, say yeah, I mean, and also in the moment, I'm sure... I mean, who knows? I'm not going to speak to where their brains were, I but... Know. You know, a they famous guy it was like joking around and not a big deal, but it definitely it sounded like it was designed to I piss know. people and most, off. Mostly, I just feel bad for his daughter. Yeah, and, and he has a son who he says he knows is sexually active, and he's proud of him. His fifteen-year-old son, Gross. and so again, double standards. And we'll get back now to the story of Linda and, <laughs> and Bert. No, because it is so yeah. true. This double standard. I'm flaring. And this, and this I'm flaring too. And this I'm plays like, out. Flames on the side of my oh, face. Know. Flames but this, pissed off, crying right? cold. But this really is one of those things that this plays throughout their relationship, this notion of her virtue and his philandering. Right. And it never goes away. It goes all the way through. So, okay, she finds out that the marriage is not, in fact, over. He is still very much married. He's not getting divorced. And so she's like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Right. I'm done with you. Oh, yeah, right. She gets the thing back. And she's like, you know, go, go, go fuck yourself. Literally. And she... thank, uh, thank God she does because fuck that guy. So but, then he starts harassing the shit out of her. Yes. So basically, after she leaves him for not being divorced right. and for endlessly promising her that he's going to leave his wife, and she's like, this is never going to happen. And I, I'm not going to do this anymore. So she starts dating other people, and he basically starts stalking and harassing her and saying, yeah. you have to come back and, to, and be with me. And then when she says, no, I will not. You're married. I'm not doing this anymore. Right. He's bas- he starts threatening her and saying, like if I throwing... can't have you, nobody can have right. you, or I'm going to ruin you, and no one will ever want you if you don't come and back his to mother me. And gr- or her mother and grandmother were freaked out. He was Everybody like throwing was rocks in her windows. And just, and just like... nonstop harassment. And yeah. also at the same time, and this is something that he uses as an excuse. So basically, around the same time that she breaks up with him and he starts the stalking and harassing, the Special Committee on Professional Conduct of the Bronx County Bar Association starts investigating his firm. Right. And so he um, basically is under this great deal of stress, and this kind of increases his level of harassment right. for her. He's like about to have a psychotic break, right. basically. So he's just freaking out. 
she um, continually is going to the 42nd precinct in the Bronx and saying, this man is threatening me. And they right. keep sending her away and being like, there's nothing we can do for you. We can't help you or protect you until some until there's an actual act of violence committed against you, oh which gosh. let's just say right now is the most bullshit <clears throat> I know. thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like she's telling you right now that she knows this man's going to hurt her. Right. And they are saying, well, we can't help yeah. you until he does. You know, I think there's a law and please someone correct me on this, but there's a law. It's a, it's a gun law. Um, it's called, it's like the girlfriend loop. Or something like that. Have you heard about this? Is that where they finally put into law that if you've been convicted of domestic violence, you can't buy a gun? No. If you're married and you call the cops and you're like, this man is threatening me, they'll come to you. But if you're a girlfriend, if you're not married, they don't have, I guess they don't have the mean, the right or something like that. I mean, I guess if there's a gun or something. I have to look it up, but it's it's something. If you're not married, you don't have the protections that you have when you are. If a wife says her husband's threatening her, the police can intervene, but uh-huh. if a girlfriend does, that's insane. That's insane. We'll look that up. We will look that up. All right, so I'm going to get on. I, I wrote down a timeline, which I have not look, really looked at once. But basically, so we're in um, <laughs> 1958, late 1958. Okay. So he's harassing her. Also, at the same time, the special committee um, formally charges Whites and Pugash, his law firm, with um, illegal... Uh, fee splitting to obtain cases. And I look this up only because every yeah. time we talk about anything legal or military or anything like that, I was like, and I don't know what that means. Moving I, on. Yeah. So I looked it up. So um, to illegally fee split, that's uh-huh. kind of hard to say. Sure. <laughs> Basically, that means that in order to obtain a case, you're splitting your fee from your client with somebody who is not a legal professional, a lawyer. Huh. So you're paying um, a clerk in the you know, someone's office to like suggest you as a lawyer and you get half the fee. And so he and his, that's how they built such a successful firm is they were basically splitting their fees with uh, non-lawyers. Okay. That's really interesting. I also read that he was an ambulance chaser. He made a shitload of money. hundred percent. That's how they made so much money. But then also how they basically were shut down. Yeah. So that happens in November of uh, 1958. In December... Of 1958, Linda goes back to the 42nd precinct and is like, you guys have to help me. And they say, there's nothing we can do yet again. Then in January, so that was December, now it's January 1959, Mm -hmm. Linda goes to the Bronx Magistrates Court, which I also tried to look up. The law is really confusing, you guys. And even just trying to internet search it, everything about magistrate courts was about the UK. And then I was like, no, Bronx... Couldn't find anything. But I think basically what that means when they say that she goes to the Bronx Magistrates Court is that she basically tried to take him to court. Oh. To say, like, you're harassing her- like, sue him. Like, you're harassing me. She got a summons out for harassment, but then it was dismissed. Right. So that's January of 1959. Then in March of 1959, Linda then goes back to the cops again because he is literally... Everywhere she goes, there he is. He is threatening her That's life. So creepy. He is apparently also they find out after the fact stalking around her house with with a gun. Ew! Like planning on killing her. Yeah, the uh, people in his office said she was. He he was like, I, Linda, yeah, like, I love you. Like, like they they thought it was a joke almost because he was like just insane, insane. He was psychotically obsessed with her. So then in um, so after she goes back and they say they can't help her again. 
that's March, early March, 1959. Then at the end of March, March 27th, 1959, Linda is fired from her job because of how much he is harassing her at work. That oh, he really? is actually making it impossible for her to keep her job because That's he's that dead. disruptive. Then, um, oh, we forgot to mention. So she's been dating this whole time, too. Oh, yeah. Is she dating Larry? She's dating Larry. Really so hot dude. Larry Schwartz, who was actually a guy that she knew from before she started dating Bert. Mm-hmm. So they've been dating this whole time. And obviously, he's been putting up with this harassment shit as well. Yeah. And in May of 1959, they get engaged. Then in June of 1959, when um, Bert is visiting Linda's basically estranged father, or man who's not really in her life, but that's how much he's stalking her. He's like going to her dad's antique store, following people that are connected to her. He finds out that she and Larry are engaged. So that's June 6th, 1959. He goes to the antique store, finds out about the engagement. June 14th, 1959, Linda and Larry have their engagement party. Then on June 15th, 1959, Bert hired three men. Wait, and did he, was Larry deployed at this point? Because I think Larry gets deployed to, to the war or something like that. Because he wasn't, or was, was, was Oh, I don't know. I just know that they had had their engagement party the day before, and I would assume he was there. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, he must have, between, within their engagement, he must have, he must been have deployed left for while the harassment was happening. I okay. Think. Go on. Sorry. So, no, no, it's totally fine. I was like, oh, deployed. Um, <laughs> on, so June 15th, Bert hired three men, and one of them, his name was Herd Hardin, which I was just oh. like, what? Posed as a messenger rang her doorbell, stepped into the vestibule of their apartment or their home, and she, like, went right up to him, assuming it was some kind of an engagement gift or something. She was was French braiding her hair, so both of her hands were behind her back. Oh, Jesus. I just think that's an interesting detail. It makes it even more sad. Yeah. So she goes to the door. This fucking motherfucker, (laughs) Herd Hardin, uh, throws lie that he has in a mayonnaise jar in her face. And then he and the other two men that Bert hired, whose names were Al Smith Newkirk and Walter the Preacher McMillian, which I just thought was interesting because I don't really know what they did, but there were three dudes. Yeah. Only one of them threw the lie in her face. Yeah. Basically, um, blinding Lin- like Linda completely in one eye, so much so that her eye had to be removed, partially blinding her in her other eye, and then also they threw acid in her face, basically. Yeah. So they, dis- they disfigured her face and blinded her. And she spent three months in the hospital before she was finally released in September of 1959. But the entire time, she's been saying, I know who did this. It was Bert. It was Bert. This is a tabloid sensation that a woman went to her door to get what she thought was an engagement gift and and a bunch of hooligans (laughs) uh, threw threw acid acid in her face. So then finally in October of 1959, Bert is arrested Right. And my motherfucking God, it's just the craziest story. So basically he's been threatening her this whole time. If I can't have you, no one can, or I will ruin you. So nobody ever wants you. Right. And he follows through. We know now that he'd been stalking around her house with a gun, planning on killing her, didn't have the balls to go through with that. So then hires men to disfigure her. So he says that he didn't uh, tell them to throw acid. They say he just said, beat her up, you know? Bullshit. I mean, that's what he said. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy I don't know. though. I mean, but it has to be bullshit though, because what they were just like, you know what? Instead of beating her up, let's throw acid. You're in her right, because I don't really believe everything he says. Apparently, he hired one guy, and they he, the guy got another guy to do it, and didn't know what they. Everybody didn't know what was going on. I mean, it's That's so right. crazy, so stupid. But um, 
you know, at this time, Larry, apparently, while she's in the hospital and the news is on, you know, every, you know, news outlet is like watching her, him and his family, his parents come visit her. So she's like, okay, you know, like feeling supported, like their yeah. their um, engagement is going on. And then as soon as she comes home from the hospital, men, Larry breaks her, breaks it up. Men are hard to love in telling this story. Yeah, it's so, that's really true. He leaves her. So yeah, Larry leaves her, which is... Um, just, I think just adds so much insult to injury. Yeah. She talks a lot about in her growing up years too, is, you know, apparently, you know, looks is very important to her. Being skinny is very important to her. Well, looks are, I think in that time period, you know, like a woman's, it's it's, it's, it's the only stock you you have. Catch a man. Right. And they always described her as that milky white skin and those beautiful deep brown eyes and the curves in all the right places. That was everything I read. So she was... She was a bombshell, didn't believe that about herself, and then was actually disfigured. Right. And then her fiancé left her. Yeah, that is super sad. So she, I mean, I can only even, I can't actually even begin to imagine the headspace of that and how vulnerable and, yeah, and how... And also, ow. Yeah, no, but just just like how... Well, it hurts, one, anybody getting left, but being left because... You've been disfigured. Yeah, that's some that's bullshit. just insult. But apparently, to somebody still loved her. That oh, was Bird. He, that's he right. sent apparently he sent like a dozen roses to her to her house, and it was like, "I'm so what happened? Oh, you know, I know, I love you so much." Basically, so yeah, Bert. Back to that guy. Yeah, Bert. They, they after his being arrested, office is um, basically. Oh, this is an interesting fact. So after he was arrested during his arraignment, mm-hmm. the judge set Bert's bail at $105,000, which at the time was the highest bail that had ever been oh, set wow. for a criminal case in the Bronx. Whoa. Because that's how horrible what he yeah. had done was. He is ultimately sentenced to um, 15 to 30 years in prison. And she was so happy. She and said, she was so guy. happy. She has this great, like, smoky... Yeah. She's Bronx. always she she's like always smoking long skinny cigarettes. Right, and her voice definitely she's, yeah, it tells him. But it's just so funny that she always the whole time he's in prison, he's writing her love letters. Eventually, she basically is like, "Stop writing me love letters, but if you want to send me money, that's fine." Right. But but also she gets her own apartment. She lives on 57th between 9th and 10th. She goes to work every day as she can. She can't really see very well, but she, you know, went to work every day. No no seeing eye dog, no cane. Like she was Trying her best is basically, and but, she was getting by. She was doing all right, but basically, Bert starts sending what he calls restitution checks to her. Oh yeah, well that's what she said, or oh, she God. called them restitution. That's checks. what I think is so funny. You know, um, what what did he say? She she was like, um, you know, if you you know if you love me, so, if you care so much about me, then send me some money. Yeah, you know, and he sent her fifty dollars a week for. Several years, I believe. Well, she he sent one check of four thousand dollars, and then oh. he's up for parole, right? And she says no, right? She's like, I only want him coming out in a box. Yeah, exactly. Love you, Linda. However, they but let him out. He does get parole after fourteen years in prison yeah. for good behavior, and um, so immediately upon his release, because this was a tabloid sensation, right? Like super successful lawyer ha- hires some goonies to throw acid in mistress's face and blinds her. Yeah. This was all over all of the front pages of all the New York, well, all of the magazines, but yeah. mostly the tabloids, tabloids were yeah. like obsessed with the story. So he's finally released from prison after 14 years. 
goes on, um, hold on, I wrote it down. So he's released on March 21st, just so you guys see the timeline of this from the time he's released. Yeah. So March 21st, 1974, Bert is paroled. On March 28th, so seven days later, Bert is interviewed by Paul Bloom for Channel 11 in New York and oh, yeah. proposes to Linda on live TV. Right. I mean, what? Like, Linda, I know you're out there. Linda, I love you. Linda, I want to marry you. Seriously, that's Linda, what will said. you marry me? Right in the camera. Then on May 22nd, all right, so and that's just... at this just, point, she has lost her job because she can't really work anymore. She's, right. She has had several failed relationships. She talks most specifically about getting serious with one guy. So right. she always wore after the attack. Oh, yeah. She always wore dark sunglasses. And she she had fashion, baby. Oh, she, she looked liked good fierce. frames. I thought she looked... She had great, yeah. like, these dark glasses. It and makes me want to just wear sunglasses all the all time. All the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. she looks so chic. But she tells a story about she finally got close to another man after... after right. Larry had left her, and um, she finally took her glasses off. Right, and he he never she never heard from him again. Yeah, he like so, wanted to, her to meet his mom and dad. Yeah, it had gotten before. serious, and then and then she never heard. And from she, him again. by the way, is in her thirties now and still has not boned anybody. She's yes. saving herself. She's thirty seven years old and she is a virgin. And her friends are like, just do it, rip it off like a band aid, <laughs> just do it. I love her friends. They're so I know. spunky. They're very spunky. So the first time he proposes on air is seven days after he gets out of jail. So March, April, May. So then two months later, he is interviewed again by Marvin Scott, who's of Channel 5 News in New York, and he proposes Channel to Linda on camera again. That's May 22nd, 1974. Yeah. Then on November 27th, 1974, Bert and Linda get married. Right. But wait. What? Okay, right. So, so wait here. There's a there's a little bit in there. There's a little bit in there. This is what happens. I just that's so, the part of the story that I'm like. Her friends are watching her. You know, she's she's living by herself. They feel bad for her, and it's actually one of the girlfriends who contacts him and is like, "Listen, we're gonna have a dinner. Come over. Don't be crazy. We're just gonna, you know, because she, you know, they're worried she's gonna be alone forever. Right, and that's yeah. also it's her friend. Um, who I remember the last name is Powers. Mm. And it is also Marvin Scott, the reporter of the second interview where he proposed that helped right. facilitate their meeting. So That's much so, so that when they wrote a book about their love story, yeah. um, the front page thanks Marvin Scott as the Cupid who brought us together, wow. which was the reporter that was interviewing him the second time he proposed when she apparently was sold now on this idea. Right. When she made the decision, she said... That she's just gonna start from there, yeah. Like that's what she said when you know when I made the decision that that this is it. She's gonna forget about all the past, right? Craziness. One thing that I did think so when I first read about this story for me, the the you know what he did to her in and of itself is a story we could talk about, yeah, because it is so horrific. It is such an extraordinary example of the flawed, I mean, I know it's a different time, but the flawed system for women who are being stalked or harassed by mm. a significant other, it is just a depraved, horrible act he committed yeah. against her. He didn't want her to ever be with another man. And when she stood up for herself and said, no, you're married, I'm not doing this anymore, he thought about killing her, couldn't go through with that, so right. then permanently ruined, disfigured her face yeah. and blinded her. So not only left her disfigured, but also left her kind of helpless. Yeah, she can't And worry. that in and of itself is enough of a, a romantic crime for yeah. Bonnie and I to talk about right. this. But then the twist yeah. that when he gets out of prison, 
after he's been continually, I would say, stalking her through mail the entire time, he proposes and she accepts. And it's to me, it's a fascinating. I just can't Mm -hmm. wrap my brain around it. Well, it sounds like, I mean, I agree. It's the the craziest thing, but they talk about at that first dinner party, normally she would only wear her blacks, her black frames, her sunglasses, Uh but she was like, fuck this guy. I'm going to wear my clear frames, which is the frames that she wore when that one guy left right. her, you know, when because they can see the scars. Apparently, her eyes were like cloudy. She had, well, she had one glass eye, one glass eye, and she one, lost an eye, and then one cloudy eye, which she would eventually lose scars. So she was just like she had no. She's like whatever, yeah, fine, let's yeah. meet. So she, I think she finally th- thought, oh, okay, well, this person who he seems to want me, he, at least you know, devil you know versus the devil you don't. Meaning, like, she would, she's just, like, needs somebody to take care of her. She needed to be financially, like... One thing that I thought was really interesting, so when she talks about... There's a a great documentary called... Well, I don't know if it's a great documentary, but it's a good documentary. (laughs) To me, it felt a little tabloid sensationalized, where the way it was, like, shot and filmed and super fast and loud. When was it shot? Well, it was released in 2007. Okay, well, it feels very 90s to me, but yeah. yeah. But, um, But one of the things that she says in a couple of things, including that, as she, she says, do I love Bert? I suppose I do. I just find it really hard to say the words. <gasps> That's right. And so she marries him and they are married for 39 years. Mm-hmm. She passed away in 2013, but they were married up until then. And she kind of jokes several times, but part of me, I have to hold on to some, yes. just to understand this. Part of me is, needs it to be true that she kind of insinuates that she married Bert so that she could spend the rest of her life torturing him. Yeah, she nags him to death. Like, they say they constantly amazing. bicker. She is just all over him all the yeah. time. But also in the same breath does talk about how brilliant he was and how she could never have accomplished any of the things that he's accomplished, which I'm like, well, maybe you could have if he hadn't taken your eyesight because she was an artist. Yeah. Right. Well, she started painting when she was blinded. Right. But I mean, just think about what she could have done. Totally. But I also love the idea that if she was going to accept this guy's marriage proposal, that she did it with some goal in mind of just torturing the fucking shit out of him. I'm sure. She was like, well, here we go. Did you know what happened in 1996? I do, but why don't you talk about it? Okay. I didn't know if you did. Um, He gets accused of harassing another woman, like a 42-year-old woman. And he's like, in 1996, I mean, what is he like? Well, let's see, 70, he's, he's 30-something 60? in 19, the 1959. And he, yeah, she's, he's, like, he's like, I didn't do it. Well, maybe I said this thing, blah, blah, right. blah, so you know. So this is actually the woman you're talking about. Yeah. Her name's Evangeline Borgia, and she was a secretary. So he was never allowed to be a lawyer again after prison, but yep. he worked as a paralegal. And she was a secretary in his office, and they had actually been having an affair for five years. That's just like, Why? I mean, don't you know who he is? Don't yeah. you know what happens when you have an affair with Bert but Bugash? as we know, he's very, very, um, like... Charming. And he never... Beyond charming, he's, like, relentless. He's, yeah, he's kind of... He bullies you into it. Yeah. But, yeah, so... Hashtag me too. I mean, so, come on. So she basically tries to break up with him, and then he threatens her. Yeah. He threatens... He, I think she said that he said, it's going to be 1959 all over again if you do this. So she calls the cops. Yeah. And um, unlike back in the day for poor Linda, yeah. she calls the cops and he is immediately arrested. Yes. Which is great. Cause, but then again, now once again, not once again, but now Linda stands by her. Yeah. Man. This is my favorite detail of his case that I read. Okay. So he's arrested. 
It's October 16th. He's been arrested. He's been arraigned. He's being held. On Thursday, October 17th, clad in matching black leather pants and jacket, Linda shows up to post bail with a suitcase full of $50,000 in cash. Oh, my God. I still don't understand why she posts bail, but she did it in style. Yeah. <laughs> she was she, a you know fashion buccaneer. Even when she was old at 75, she looked fabulous. I oh, honestly, yeah. she's inspiring me to change my look. I'm going to get she the short, so... big hair. <laughs> she had such good... Such good fashion. She really did. So then the trial starts. It lasts for about 10 days. I believe that Bert actually represented himself oh. because he's, you know, a former lawyer and you have the right to do that. And then, um, so the trial lasts seven days. About like three or four days into it, Linda is called as a witness for the defense, a character witness. This is the second, I think, craziest part of this story. Right. So to <laughs> recap, you guys... This man, she had an affair with him. She broke up with him when he yeah. wouldn't leave his wife. He told her that if he couldn't have her, nobody could, and he would ruin her for any other man. She gets engaged to another man. <laughs> he throws acid in her face, goes to jail for 15 years. She marries him after he gets out of prison. What? Then, 20-some-odd years later, he cheats on her, has a five-year-long affair. That woman accuses him of basically doing exactly what he did to her, stalking, <sighs> harassing threatening and she goes on the stand and defends him and says that he is a good man and a good husband and that this whole thing has been blown out of proportion just so we're all up to speed i mean because this that, to me is good the, job evan that this was is the craziest very... story i've ever heard yeah it's it's beyond yeah it's just like it's she's brainwashed and it's like has no confidence it, i mean it's just i think it goes i don't, I don't know what it goes Who to knows? show it just to me it just demonstrates what can be taken from someone to make them feel right so completely broken that this is this is what ends up happening and even though one can say with the exception of this incident in 1996 where she has to go to court because her husband's been arrested for doing what he did to her he is ultimately acquitted of all of the major char- like there was 10 you know like attempted murder, blah, 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 blah. All that stuff is dropped, and he's only charged with, uh, like, misdemeanor harassment in the second degree. So it's just a misdemeanor. He's just going to walk right out of there. Um, And she is a part of the reason why. So it's all just... It's unfathomable to me. Yeah, I I honestly have nothing... I mean, because I'm just like, I don't even... I don't really get it. Listen, I... Because the thing is... It's not necessarily about her love for him. It's her decision she made. It's like the lies she told herself, and she's sticking to it. Right. And it's it's fascinating because in the documentary, so in the documentary, which came out in 2007, so it would have been filmed, you know, maybe a year or two before sure. that. So we're in the early 2000s. They've been married since 19, what did I say, 79 mm-hmm. or 76? Something like so that. So 59 probably went to jail in 60, 40. Yeah, so they're married. Hold on. I can actually tell you. Um, November 27th, 1974. So when this all happens, they're 30 years of marriage. Or sorry, 20 years of marriage with this incident. Then the documentary comes out, and it's been 30 years. Yeah. So seemingly... I think my verdict is... Something works for them. Something works, but he's just a POS. Oh, 100%. Like, I think he's still alive, isn't he? He is still alive yeah. and was absolutely devastated when she died. Yeah. Um, but also had affairs 
throughout right. Their what, whole, what was that thing you said? She's a naughty boy. He was, oh yeah. So after he was acquitted, yeah. Um, in '96, when they were leaving the courtroom, while she was like, you know, on his arm, she said he was a naughty little boy, but he got caught. And then basically said, but he's just an adulterer, not a criminal. So he was caught for being a naughty little boy. And it's like, no, he was taken to court by a yeah. woman whose life he threatened. But we digress because... Well, when back in the day when he went to jail, he went to some mental ho- institution for the criminally insane and they didn't find any... They said he was not insane. Yeah. They did something like three months worth of like psychological evaluations right. just so that there was no way... Because it seems that like that someone defense. who's psychotic or someone say, who's like brain broke. Well, he's nice, narcissistic. Yeah, I mean, he's he's psychotic, but or maybe not he in a, a sex but not in the sense where he can use it as a criminal defense. No, right. Like, here's yeah. the deal: that man is deranged mentally, yeah. narcissistic, insane. Yeah. But not in in the sense of that he was legally insane. That is right. just how he walks around on planet Earth. Well, the solace that it gives me is that you know, hopefully it's gotten better now in this day and age. Like, I mean, hopefully you can get away from people. It just depends on your sort of where you're at, I guess, in the world and in your community. But I would hope that if I needed to get away from somebody, I could. I mean, the truth is, is people, you know, men kill their girlfriends. I know. And it's really... And it is not as as simple as I know we're making it sound like, what the fuck the fuck? And obviously in situations where people feel threatened, feel like their lives are in danger. It's not just a simple choice to walk away. And I right. totally get that. And I and I have so much empathy and sympathy for that, for those people in those situations, because it is so unfair how hard it is to be yeah. protected in those situations. And it's something that I still, I find so frustrating anytime I read about any kind of like domestic violence ending in someone's mm-hmm. death when you hear about how many times the police were involved and all yeah. of these things. But for me, what's so insane about this story is, is the the sense that a woman could be made to feel so damaged. Those are her words. I always right. thought of myself as damaged goods. Right. That she did. That um, that a man could make a woman feel so damaged that even after everything that he did to her, she married him, and then yeah. defended him when he did the same thing to another woman. And so it, it's a, a mind-boggling story and mm-hmm. one that I couldn't believe I'd never heard. I know. And just fucking crazy. You're not damaged goods. You're never damaged goods. Even, you know, even if you've had acid thrown in your face. I mean, yeah. you know, people overcome a lot. But if we want to talk about, you know, being supportive to women, um, I just watched Frozen 2, and I don't know about you guys, uh, it was amazing, and I think it was better than uh, Frozen 1. Not to make light of our the whole, you know, story or anything, but seriously, I can't stop thinking about it. It's in, the songs are in my head. I have to see it now. Oh my gosh, I will go again. Is that sick of me? Like, I love this movie. It's well, beautiful. Well, that's amazing. This is... I was going to say, I know I'm going to have a recommendation. It's not a movie, but it's a TV show that I just binge watched that um, a woman wrote, directed, and stars in it, and then it's produced by the people who produced Fleabag, so that's why I watched it, because I'm obsessed with Fleabag. It's called Back to Life. It is on Showtime, Uh and it is the best thing I've seen in a long time. Wait, what is it called? Back to Life. It's called Back to Life, and it takes place, um, I think, in the UK, Okay, and it's basically a woman who after um, spending some time in prison gets out, moves back in with her parents, and 
it's so funny, but also oh, so dark and real about like readjusting about what it means to for, be forgiven, to Ooh. like find redemption, but also hysterical. And then as you like watch it, well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious like from the beginning, basically she's, she gets out of prison for murder Ooh. and she's only 36 when Was she gets out. Was it a crime out. of passion? Like a rom-crime? Well, it's kind of a rom-crime. But, uh, <laughs> a den- anyway, it is, I could not recommend it more. I binge watched the entire first season, which I, is not that many episodes. It's one of the shorter ones. But yeah, if you're a Fleabag person or a murder TV show person okay. or a funny British back to comedy life. person, back to life. I'm into it. And Frozen 2. Which I mean, doesn't need our I'm help. I'm sure everyone's seen it, seen but I'm it. telling you, it's the music's so good. I will totally go oh, see it with you again. All is Found by uh, Casey Musgraves does a cover. It's beyond. Amazing. It's melty hearty. I love it. Um, guys, thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate Me it. Too. If you um, haven't yet or are just feeling super holiday Tell generous. a friend to Tell listen friend. to us. Yeah. Yeah. It recommend us to somebody. You know, everybody is like, rate. Review, please, yes, subscribe, and subscribed. we really would love you. We to would do love those that, things. but really, we just want people to enjoy this. We're here to, yeah, to give some. And again, I feel like we've said this the last few times, but we would also love to start dialogue. So Facebook page, Ooh, yeah. Twitter, we got um, we Instagram, got a couple. I didn't tell you we got a couple emails, um, suggestions for oh great upcoming episodes. Awesome. Well, so she's gonna fill me in. So thank you for your suggestions, yep. and thank you for listening. Thank you. I love you. Bye.